Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's our Wednesday episode, our interview show. And it's episode 309. I've got my great co-host, Kim, with me. You'd like to quickly introduce yourself, Kim? Absolutely. I'm Kim Schivler. I'm a communication strategist and instructional design consultant. And on Wednesdays, I help Jonathan with this show. That's great. And we've got Phil Singleton. Oh, I apologize, Phil. I had a little... um, and he's the publisher of a great book, SEO for Growth, The Ultimate Guide for Marketers, Web Designers, and Entrepreneurs. Would you like to introduce yourself a bit more, Phil, to the audience and viewers? Sure. Uh, my name is Phil Singleton, as Jonathan was saying. I run a web design here in Kansas City called Kansas City Web Design. Imagine that, an SEO guy who named his company after a keyword. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, that's my main, um, kind of what's how I got into the business and what kind of still ultimately pays the bills uh, to this day. But just a little bit of background, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm the poster boy for if he can do it, anybody can do it. Cause I didn't build my first website till I was 35 years old and it was a struggle <laughs> um, doing that piece of it. And I actually got, I like telling people that I got a D in, in computer science in college. Um, so again, I'm like the last person you would think that would I be able to have like a thriving digital agency, but, um, and it kind of makes me feel like still to this day kind of has me, gives me a little bit of an outsider mentality. Um, even though I think I'm pretty deep into it um, now, but um, yeah, I went to school for finance. I uh, got a school out of school and had a job in insurance that I hated I ended up uh, moving overseas and living in Taiwan for 10 years. Um, one of my, just an opportunity fell into my lap where I was basically a software company that opened my eyes up into Google and affiliate marketing and basically digital marketing. At that point, I figured there was no turning back. Um, and in 2005, when I was 35 years old, I did my first one-page website where I made a promise to a auto detailer here in Kansas City um, that I wasn't sure I was could keep. And I said, Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going to build you a website cause you don't have one and you're going to start selling auto details for $200 a car instead of $25 a car to dealerships. We're paying them basically nothing. I ended up, you know, rolling up my sleeves and, um, doing a website and I tried to do it in Dreamweaver and I couldn't do it. And I ended up doing it in front page, which is now gone. Um, but I ended up being able to push up one ugly little one page purple and yellow, um, small business website for this guy. And, you know, 60 days later, it started to rank and his phone started ringing and he called me up and told, told me I changed his business and I changed his life. And boom, 35 years old. I finally know what I want to do when I grow up. I want to be a, um, you know, small business marketer slash web designer. And that one barter turned into a couple more barters that's rolled into kind of the career that I have now. That's great, Phil. Um, what we're going to be discussing in general, folks, is emphasis on SEO around um, if you're building a membership or a learning management um, platform and you're selling your course online. And Phil's got a really great um, view on that because he's in the process of doing that himself. So I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. But before we go deep into the subject, I just want to quickly mention our main sponsor, which is um, Kinster Hosting. 
And what can I say about Kinster? I host the WP Tonic website with Kinster, and I have some of my clients on Kinster, and they're just a great hosting company um, with all the bells and whistles that you're looking for as a developer or somebody that's got a membership learning management system or e-commerce website using WordPress. Um, they've got a great staging site, a great backup system. You get the latest versions of PHP and the UX design, the interface design, when you log into Kinsta is one of the best I have encountered. And I haven't mentioned something really important. Their support is superb. And you get, when you use their ticketing system, you or live messaging, you talk to somebody that is a really high caribou who can really effectively deal with any problem you've got there and then. And I also haven't mentioned their starter plan starts at $30 per month and the speed of their servers is fantastic. So if that sounds interesting, go to the WP Tonic website there's banners all over there for kids. There are affiliate links. If you click one of those, you'll be helping the show and Kinster. And just tell people in general they should look at Kinster if they're looking to change their hosting company. So straight into it. So, Phil, um, you're building your own membership site, so you're in the right mindset. So when it comes... What are some of the things do you think people got to consider when it comes to SEO when you, they're building out this membership website? Well, it's an interesting um, <coughs> thing to think about because as I've done a couple you know, membership sites for clients and I'm actually in the process of trying to do two right now. One where we've had for a long time, John Jantz and I who wrote, uh, co-wrote uh, SEO for Growth with me, um, we've been trying to build a certification um, program that's basically based on courses and a quiz at the end, um, which we actually haven't put in fully into motion right now. So I've got that project that we're putting together. And then um, I actually, for myself, as a kind of way of, um, you know, I've been out there doing my own content marketing, having a podcast, being on podcasts. I get more and more people asking stuff, how I've done stuff that I've done. And um, one and two is I've been marketing myself as Kansas City web design for a long time. But when you have a book that's a national best global bestseller and one that's um, where I'm getting out there and reaching people in other audiences. And then you market yourself as Kansas city web design. It gets kind of tough to, um, to, to be able to, to get people to you know, do work with you, I guess, when you're so tied to a certain geography. So I'm actually coming up with a separate brand called bare knuckle marketing. And part of that really is to try and lay out like a kind of DIY DWI done with you and done for you type services. And part of the done with you is this course thing that we're trying to put together. So, um, but one of the things with courses is, you know, we're all out there trying to do as the best that we can with content marketing, making our website a referral source for all of our best content so that we can grow it out and get more SEO equity on it. Well, one of the things with course plugins for one is, um, most of that content, at least the way that we've done it is typically kind of gated, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of that, you're not going to get a whole lot of benefit from the course itself and the course material itself inside of the program. That, um, but that, there, that, that is the key problem, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is. Although, you know, I look in terms of a membership plugin almost the same way I would in, as in terms of e-commerce. So there are certain things you would do with courses in terms of maybe how you market them or even sell them on your site where there are SEO implications. 
So, and I'm going to take a step back and say, I, um, about a a year and a half ago or so, I developed my own plugin for adding schema and structured data to to your website. And I did so because at the time, there weren't a lot of really easy to use plugins. I figured I got to make one for my, just for myself and my own clients. Um, And I did that. And, you know, schema markup, adding this additional code to your website so that Google can know what it is and add more context to it is becoming really important for voice search and getting more rich information in the search results, right? So when you see star ratings and all this kind of stuff. Well, another schema markup that they have in there that's actually part of my plugin too is for books and courses, right? So that when you have a um, course on your website, you would definitely have a public facing version of where people would go. I guess in some cases, in my case, it's going to be almost more like a shopping cart my courses are going to be presented almost as kind of products on a, on a site. And then they're also going to have um, additional schema markup on them so that I've got a chance to, uh, you know, uh, have better SEO markup and SEO on page SEO for each one of my courses. And I think that could potentially be um, something that everybody should consider. There's a lot of good uh, schema plugins out there, but I think this is one of those uh, very, wide open spaces out on the internet right now. Cause I, when I see co- companies come to us, very few of them have even like the basics of on-page SEO done. And they've got Yoast installed. Right. Yep. They still got home up in the page title, you know, just because you have Yoast installed on your website doesn't mean the SEO is done on it. So um, a lot of people haven't gone to the step of, you know, optimizing even just the basic stuff from a basic plugin. So when it gets to schema, it's like wide open because yeah. almost nobody's doing it. <laughs> Um, yet Google is getting very aggressive in showing all sorts of additional information in search results. Yeah, before I throw it over to Kim to ask a question, Phil, can you just give a quick outline what schema is and what can you just sure. give a quick kind of 101, a quick 101 what schema is? So schema and structured data is basically an extra level of like under the hood code that you use to tag information on your website so that search engines, and when we say search engines, you know, we're talking about Google because that's like 90% of the market, um, can go in there and know what the content is instead of having to take a guess at it. So I think it's a good example of this would be having, let's say, a blog post that within the blog post might have a review from somebody. Well, Google's not going to have their crawler go in and say, hey, that's a review from this guy on this date and he gave it this many stars and put that information in the search results. But there's this extra little level of code you can put in if you fill in the blanks and add the mark, you know, add the code the way the standard is, um, then you have a much better chance of that information, maybe that review showing up right in the search results versus if you don't have that extra layer of, um, of coding in your website. So the easy way to think about schema is actually how you're seeing it in the search results now. So things like the knowledge box at the top, you get position zero, extra information about your company on branded searches is a lot of results of schema. Actually, inside the organic results, you'll see star ratings, aggregate ratings, event times, things like this that are coming in there. A lot of that is the result of people putting in this extra code into their website so that it helps Google take the guesswork out of what the content is. So for me, I look at it as... You just look at Google looking at your website um, as they would, you'd be going to an alien planet and trying to figure out what the anatomy of a page is. Well, schema enables you to go in and put this, these little tags and says, here's the head, here's the legs. And it gives you kind of the anatomy of the page um, enables you to kind of mark it up. It's, it's really a lot like if people are familiar with Yoast. To me, it's kind of just 
a more detailed version of, of like a Yoast plugin where you're, you're putting the, the page title, maybe the meta description. Well, this just enables you to go through the rest of the page and say, hey, this is a video. Hey, this is a blog post. Hey, this is a review. And you can actually, you know, kind of tag it piece by piece. And then you're giving, you know, Google a lot more extra confidence and context to what the information in the page is. And the more you can do that, one, it's people think in the industry that it's an on-page SEO factor that will help your rankings go up just by having on the site. And secondly, it gives you a much better chance of getting extra information into the search results. So that's golden for a couple of reasons. One is it's real shiny and it's got like search engine bling. But having this extra like rich information in the search results increases your click-through rates by many percentage points, 10, 20 plus when some people say. And that extra click-through rate actually helps you lift yourself up to the rankings. So coming up at the bottom of the page and people see that extra information, they keep clicking because they like that one. It's more shiny. The more they click it, the higher your click-through rates go in. A lot of folks in SEO or Google will just kind of gray or denies it. The click-through rate on a search result will actually pay you up. So all these things, you know, schema has a, a, um, a role to play in and is important. Um, and all it really is, is it sounds, you know, schema, structured data, what is it? All it is, is, you know, simply putting a little bit extra um, code on your website through a plugin that basically tells Google what it is so they can take the guesswork out of the type of content that you're trying to show. I think that's great. I'm, I'm surprised how time's going because I, um, I'm going to let Kim take over in the second half. So we're getting close to the break, actually, Phil. But Sorry. I'm, 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 no, no, it's just surprising because it's fascinating what you're talking. So let's just continue for a couple of minutes about schema and then we go for the break and then Kim can take over. Uh, um, is that, um, so you've got this plugin. So does it, is it a bit like, you know, obviously we don't want to be too blatant about plugging our products, but, you know, it sounds an interesting plugin. So does it come with a nice interface and does it work with something like Yoast hand in hand? Well, there's a couple of things. There's a lot of, there's good schema plugins out there and I'm going to give you the difference on some of them. One, the one I have is more suited, I think, for smaller websites where people want to get in and are familiar with the Yoast interface. Mm. Um, and you have to go in and basically manually do stuff. There's an option to autofill some of the things. Once you select, oh, this is a blog post. If you click autofill on the pro version of ours anyway, it'll take the information from the page and help you pre-fill now, some of the other great plugins that are out there, and there are a few, several, and there's some really good ones out there, they want to automate schema for you. So it's literally like adding a plug in the background, creating rules so that you don't have to go too far into adding schema for every page. Um, and if you've got a big website with thousands of pages, then that's probably your only option. For an SEO tweaker or somebody like me, I have to be able to manually yeah. tweak stuff. I don't want a plugin coming in and like, applying broad rules across pages. And um, what is the name of your plugin? Is it on mm. the directory? Or yeah, if you do WP SEO schema, if you Google that, it'll it'll come up. Um, but there's other ones. There's one called schema that's automated. There's another one called schema app um, that's, again, no, another actually, good one. I actually think your plugin for our audience is probably a good start and something they should really look at. We're going to make sure it's in the show notes, folks. What we're going to do, folks, is we're going to go for our break. We'll be back in a few moments, and then I'm going to um, I'm going to let Kim take over. We'll be back in a few moments. 
Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's WP Tonic.com. Just like the podcast. Coming back from our break, we've had a f- fascinating discussion with Phil about schema SEO. <laughs> um, Kim, I'm going to throw it over to you for the second half of the show. Off you go, dear. Okay. You asked a lot of my questions already. So let's move over. Uh, we've talked about schema and SEO. Let's move over and talk a little bit more. Excuse me. Cat here. Let's talk a little bit more about the online course situation. And you've, you've built them for clients as well as now building one for yourself. Have you decided yet on what platform you're going to use for your course? Or I have not. In that process. I have not. We um, the one I've used in the past a couple times is MemberPress, mm-hmm. um, and there's another one that I bought but we haven't installed yet for SEO for growth called um, oh man, <laughs> I think it's called Really Simple. Um, um, I'll have to send that one to you uh, separately. But there's another one we looked at that that's got I think it's got two versions. It's got one basically where you're kind of up on their platform like a Shopify almost, but there's a WordPress integration on it where you can pull it onto their website. And I can't believe it's escaping my name right now because I'm sure you guys have heard of this one, but, um, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, and my other one right now for the new website that I'm creating for myself, um, I have, I'm going to look into a little bit more closely because um, we talked about schema before. I don't want to rehash any of that, but one thing to remember about course plugins or e-commerce plugins or any plugin right now is that a lot of them are adding schema as part of their plugin. So if you're not careful, you can like junk up your website with schema. So you have to pay attention and use the structured data. So one of the things I'm looking at with the course plugin is, okay, my plugin has an ability to add course schema on it, but there's another one that does it cleaner automatically in a way I like that. I might use that. Um, I actually haven't gotten to the stage yet where I've actually chosen it um, because I think anybody that's done course plugin work, it, you know, <laughs> especially when you're doing your own site or a custom site, it can get in there um, and you can get in the weeds pretty quickly. Um, with stuff that you want to do and what things you want to add and features you want to add and extensions and that kind of stuff. So um, I feel like we've got a little bit of experience with member press, but I don't, I almost kind of want to roll up my sleeves and maybe look at a couple other ones just to see if there's something better out there. Cause everyone that you go into, there's probably something missing where you'd, you'd like the other one a little bit better. Um, but my coursework, we're getting the coursework material together. Haven't quite even gotten to the point yet where we've installed it um, on the new website that I'm making. Um, but we're getting there. But a big, big, a big consideration for me is, is how it lays out on the site and what kind of schema they're going to add as part of the courses. And how would, um, so I just, you know, I do a lot of combination member press with other learning management plugins to combine membership and LMS. So for example, uh, I'm about to launch one that's a combination of member press and learn dash. Okay. So for somebody who's not really in the weeds on the SEO like you are, we don't know, how do I look at a plugin since documentation is not usually there for this and see what schema they're adding? How could I tell that? 
Well, one would be to ask um, the developer and see if they'll just ask it. Another one, if they've got like uh, maybe a showcase mm-hmm. where somebody's using it, you can go up. There's a, if you Google, Google structured data test, they've got a really cool little nifty online thing where you can take a product page, plug it in there and see if there's actually schema being generated. But you'd have to look to see, or maybe yes, when you'd ask the developer, is this coming as a result of the plugin or did somebody add it as a result of an additional schema plugin like I have? Um, but if you looked at a couple showcases and saw that it was happening over and over again, you could assume that it's the plugin that's generating the schema for it. But um, for courses in particular, you know, I, that's one of the things I would definitely put. I'd, I'd want to make sure that there at least is on is in the plugin. I'm sure there is. And if you're not, that you're, you find some way to add it. Because if you got if you do your SEO on it, it's a popular course, the course scheme, the rich results that come up, I think, are, if I remember correctly, look pretty cool. So. That's a nice, some nice real estate to get. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, well, let's make sure we get the link to that tool in the show notes, Jonathan, because I sure want to go check that out. <laughs> um, or maybe, and one of the, my idea when you said looking at the showcases, another way to do it would be possibly be to install the plugin and run it. You could see what was done because you haven't, you know, if, for example, I know I don't have that other uh, structured data plugin that we're talking about, schema plugin. Although after today's show, I probably will. Uh, I'm, I'm your worst nightmare for SEO, believe me. When I'm, I have a really good friend who's a great SEO person also, and I'm, she just cringes when she thinks of me. <laughs> so I doubt that. I mean, most people are in a, yeah. it's like you know a lot more than they think that they do. But <laughs> I mean, it's actually to me, as long as people like have it on their mind, that's really the big thing. Because most people just leave it out of their mind and they lose a lot of, I think, benefit that they could be doing if it was kind of always kind of sitting back there. Mm -hmm. So when you, so you haven't quite decided on the plugin yet, but you did mention initially that you definitely wanted to have some quizzes, that type of thing. On the SEO site, the SEO for growth at the end of the course, the idea was to have like a quiz so they could get like a certification badge on it. But yes. Mm -hmm. Nice. What have you found so far as you said that you are, you know, still dealing with the content piece of the course where is this the first extended course you've ever built? And if so, what, what struck you as far as maybe where were challenges you didn't expect in building out con- course content as opposed to blog post content? Because it's different. I think that's the biggest hurdle that we're having right now is I'm not so worried about finding, you know, a way to deliver the course material through a plugin. Cause I mean, we'll get there um, and we'll figure that one out, but getting the course material has been a little bit harder. Um, and part of it, I think is just because let's say for the SEO for growth piece, I'm literally doing this with John Jance right now where we said, okay, we got 15 chapters of the book SEO for growth. Let's create a course based on it. We'll go through and create a series for each chapter where we've got, you know, five or 10 minutes of each one. Roll that into a course. We divvied them up. At the beginning of this year, nobody's really got done their pieces yet. I started to do a little bit on, I was trying to do the easy way um, on something like Loom, going through a screen share, saving it on there, and probably not the greatest quality um, for video and stuff, but clean enough to get the information out. Um, But I think the hard part for me is really getting comfortable with talking through the course pieces. um, And it's been a little bit of a procrastination on that piece of it. Um, and then I've also thought about, we've also thought about going the other direction and there's, um, you know, local, like, uh, 
almost video production house here that would enable us to have the place for like two hours or a morning or whatever, and really do some really nice upper end stuff um, for coursework. But I think that might be overkill as well. But I do think getting the the material content together, even for somebody who's a professional um, content creator and does this for a living, it just feels like the stakes are a little bit higher with coursework. You're going to be charging money on it. Um, so that part of it, I think has kind of held us back in terms of making sure that we're delivering the quality of it, getting it all together. Um, maybe that's a challenge for everybody, but it's certainly been for me, cause this is the first one, you know, I've written, we've gotten books and stuff and able to execute other projects where you're putting content together. But for some reason, creating like the video content on this has been a little bit of a challenge and a little bit lends itself more, a little bit to procrastination, I guess. And that's been the hardest thing I think about getting it off the ground. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> it does. It does. And I think. I think people who, in, in my experience, um, I've been a course designer for over 20 years. When I work with people, if they care about the quality, that's when they start realizing creating a course is different than just writing a blog post, et cetera, it, when you really want to teach something to somebody. And so, yes, it's the same thing I hear from most people. But so ironically, there's stuff in there where I've gone in and I've got one like I did for an hour and a half on the benefits of like podcast guesting that we use for this other company to train people that come on as clients for guesting. Well, that just came out in like 90 minutes, right? So it's all in there for everybody that's got some expertise. I mean, so it's, it's like, if you can, but then again, it's like, you know, organizing, procrastinating, being comfortable for yourself. If you're, I guess, maybe a little bit more of a perfectionist, you want it to be good and you're saying, hey, this is the stuff that I want to grade you on type of the deal. Um, it just feels like the stakes are a little bit higher and um, it's been a great excuse to procrastinate on anyway. <laughs> I love that. Um, I know we're getting ready to come up to the wrap up. So one last No, we, we've still got about three to four minutes actually, okay. Kim. Um, so I wanted to ask one more question on that because you just mentioned the podcast guesting. And that's one of my favorite things to do is to be a guest on podcasts. You have an article you've written about how podcast guesting can be really good for SEO. Would you explain a little bit more about that? Because as people are launching courses, of course, if it's good for SEO, that might help drive people to, to their course. Oh, I mean, to me, I've been in this for 12 or 13 years. Never have I had a content marketing tactic that's delivered as much benefit as... Um, podcast guesting. Cause there's just, I actually did it originally. I wanted to my own podcast. I was a little bit too scared or lazy to do it. Came back and said, okay, maybe I'll try something else. And I started doing a little research and I said, guesting, oh, this might be a cool thing. And I did the first one actually on a WordPress podcast, a WordPress chick with Kim Doyle. I did um, back early last year. And I was just absolutely blown away with the benefits of getting out there whole, you know, you do a guest blog post, it's like one link out somewhere that's a painful type thing, but you get guests on somebody else's website. It's about you. There's a whole blog post about you. There's backlinks. You're getting shared with an audience and that kind of stuff. Um, but you, there's tons and tons of benefits. I mean, just the SEO benefits alone are remarkable, but you can work it into your review, uh, your online, sorry, your, your online reputation management strategy like I have and get tons and tons of benefits. But one of the things that I think I missed in the beginning was not having a clear enough call to action at the end where I had something good enough or even to promote. So um, a course is one of those things where I'm like, geez, if somebody liked what I had to say on this show, if at the end of it, I had a course ready to go that was free or an you know, initial one, what a great funnel to bring somebody back to say, oh, I really like what Phil had to say 
let me go start consuming this piece of content. Um, some of it I've gotten better at. Like I said, well, there's a lot of podcast listeners on a show like say this one. Well, I say I've got a podcast. Maybe a few people would be like, so you start picking up subscribers. That's a great way to like leverage it too. Um, you get nice backlinks, you get traffic, you get um, stuff from a, uh, social media that's in the shared amplification of it. But certainly the biggest thing I think is having a clear call to action where the people that hear you and that your message resonated with had some way to enter into your kind of sales or education funnel. And I think courses are probably the very, very best thing to pair up with a guesting strategy. Cause you can't, for somebody that's um, trying to build up their personal branding and authority and get out there, there's nothing that beats this medium of guesting. Cause you can't, you get out there and just by definition, you're building up on your expertise and authority and some of your trust and that kind of stuff. Um, and you're reaching people that, if you thought about going out and speaking in front of like a, like a, um, a physical, you know, workshop or a meeting, you know, a room of 50 or a hundred people is a lot of people, right? Well, an, an established podcast might have hundreds, hundreds, even thousands. So it's basically like a virtual speaking tour that way. Well, if you have that course or something to draw people back on the end, huge, huge benefit where you're getting that traffic, you're getting that backlink, but you're also being able to kind of funnel that real traffic, maybe into real, sales and real followers that can turn into, um, you know, a way to monetize that effort later. Um, and that's one of my big motivations. So when you said that, I like totally lit up because I was like, this is the one piece that I'm missing. Cause you get people that'll maybe t- do the free plugin on WordPress. I got people that'll maybe listen to the local business leaders podcast. I got people that might come to the site, buy the book, download an ebook, that type of thing. Um, but I think the course is a really great way um, to get people that are really serious about listening and learning more about you to, to get started. And I think it's a perfect way because it's, it's just, it's like I said, I've been doing this for 13 years. I've never had one single tactic give as much bang for the buck as getting on somebody else's podcast. And I've been on over like 70 now and it's just been, it's just totally changed my business. That's great. We're going to, we're going to um, close our audio part of the, of of the podcast feels agreed to stay on for another 10 12 minutes which is bonus content folks which you'll be able to hear on um the wp tonic here and watch on the wp tonic website i can't talk today i don't know what's going on <laughs> uh, um, and uh, phil how can people get hold of you and learn more about what you're up to well, check out kcwebdesigner.com. That's kind of the little website that could and <laughs> pays the bills still to this day for the most part. Um, SEO for growth is kind of, um, that's the book and everything that we do for ourselves and our clients basically in there. And we talked about guesting, podcast guesting. Podcast bookers is something I started with John last year, really based on the success that I've had on myself. Um, and that's been a big part of my business. I just do stuff for myself and it works for me. I try and like bundle that into my own thing. Um, but you can check that out. There's podcast guesting is really cool because you can hire a service like mine. There's other ones out there, but really, if you wanted to bootstrap, you could do it yourself. You can wrap yourself up in a, a nice little one sheet and pitch yourself to a lot of different audiences. And it's a, definitely a way that somebody can go do that. But check out podcast bookers if you want to learn about a service like that or get or get some tips on how to do it. Um, and that's really it. And Kim, how can people find more about you and what you're up to, Kim? You can find all about me at kimshivler.com. 
That's great. And if you want to learn more about WP Tonic, go to the WP Tonic website. We've got some very extensive um, posts that we're writing this month that should be really good stuff. And we've got some great interviews like with Phil around experts that will really give you some great insights about how you should run your online course membership site and anything to do with online marketing. And we do our, our roundtable shows on Friday, which are enormous fun. And we got Matt from the Matt Report joining us this Friday. It should be a lively conversation. Um, we're going to wrap up the audio part of the show, folks, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.